If you're like me, you are tired of trying to find jeans that fit right no matter your build and still look good. Introducing the newest sponsor of the Double Dunk Podcast, Sweat Taylor, a premium menswear brand that is defining a new kind of casual. I started wearing Sweat Taylor and I am blown away by how comfortable and affordable the clothes are. And of course, they look great. My favorite is the all-in pants. It's a five-pocket pant that feels like sweats but look way better. Thoughtfully tailored and unbelievably stretchy. From jackets and pants to joggers and hoodies, Sweat Taylor's designs are made to seamlessly fit into your life, moving from runway to office, office to drinks, and drinks to wherever the night takes you. Specializing in casual wear for men, pieces are designed with comfort and versatility in mind for your everyday. Use promo code B-D-E-E-G-S-T. That is B-D-E-G-S-T for 25% off. That, again, is B-D-E-E-G-S-T for 25% off your order at SweatTaylor.com. And welcome back to another episode of the Double Dunk Podcast. My name is Brendan Deke. Thanks so much for tuning in today. The Division Preview Series continues. The AFC is over with, so if you want to catch up on some episodes and learn about what's going on in the football season coming up, uh, you can check out all four AFC divisions. Today is our first NFC division. We're obviously starting with the most exciting division in football. I actually think a little bit of an underrated division in football. I think there's a couple of good squads in here that can battle in the playoffs, maybe make a little bit of a run. We'll discuss that. We are doing the NFC South today. Mr. Eric Warnsey, my friend, is beside me after shooting a 41 at Pickering Golf Club. He's hot right now. <laughs> Mr. Warnsey, how we yeah. doing? It's crazy what happens on the golf course when you don't have a couple beers, eh? <laughs> 40, Caleb, 41, it was a nine hole. Yeah, sauce. <laughs> yeah. uh... well, I don't know. Some people would have been like, "Is is the co-host of this podcast, uh, Tiger Woods?" Absolutely, you're not. looking like it today. No, felt good. Felt good. No beers. Maybe that was the difference. I don't think that's going to be a standard going forward, and that's probably going to change tomorrow when we play. But <laughs> NFC South, you're right. I actually do think this division has juice. I think I agree. When you look at it from the outside, I think the public perception might be that this is a weaker division. I don't think you have any Super Bowl contenders, but I do think you have some fun teams and I think some scrappy teams. Yeah, like I don't think this is the worst division in football. No. The AFC South, I think, is way worse. Is there another one I'm missing? The NFC West says like, the Cardinals and Rams are bad. Yeah. But yeah. they have a Super Bowl contender. That's fair. Yeah, they do. I think they've got two, which we'll discuss. Oh, <laughs> which spicy. we can discuss in a little bit. But uh, let's stick on the NFC South today. So if you haven't, if you're just tuning in for the first episode today and you just want to listen to the NFC, how this works is we each have two teams and we basically lead the conversation on each team. So today, Eric has the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints. I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons. Who's starting? You want to kick us off? Sure. Yeah, because I'm going to finish with the Bucks. So you kick yourself. Yeah, off. finish with that nonsense. <laughs> yeah. I'll start with the Carolina Panthers. Frank Reich has been brought in. He's taken over the captain of the ship. And he's got a new toy in his quarterback in Bryce Young. Now everybody knows the Panthers moved up from pick nine to pick one with the Bears. Cost them DJ Moore and a first rounder next year. But you got to remember... This team, Carolina, they haven't had a quarterback since Cam Newton. Nope. Frank Reich, he hasn't had a quarterback since Andrew Luck. His, If you remember his last few years in Indianapolis, it was a gong show at the quarterback position. They kept going one and done. I believe they had four quarterbacks in four I years. I think this is the seventh year in a row they're starting with a new opening day quarterback in Indianapolis. Right. I think and we missed that on our episode. Reich was four of those years where yep. they went four quarterbacks in four years. So I can kind of understand the both parties, Reich and the Panthers, want to say – 
let's just go up to number one, get the guy we want. Yep. That guy is Bryce Young. Now, he is not without flaws or, I don't know if flaws, question marks, I yes. guess I should say. He's not a perfect prospect. Like, he's a number one overall pick. I would have taken him 100 times out of 100, number one overall. I like a Bryce Young. I think he's going to be a ball in this league. However, is it going to start that way out the gate? Uh, and now let's remember, though, of the last 22 quarterbacks drafted in the top five, only six of those 22 have been 500 or better in their rookie year. Now, remember, with these a top five quarterback, you're likely going to a bad team. So it's mm-hmm. not easy for a top five quarterback to go 500 or better. But the odds are stacked against them. Yeah. To be- and this team also traded a shit ton of draft picks before they even went up to get the number one overall pick. Like, they traded a second and six for Darnold, remember? They traded to move up to get Matt Corral. Uh, they made a lot of moves. And so when he, they already were lacking draft picks before they even went up to get Bryce Young. Yeah. So there wasn't like a ton of like recent young picks that he can kind of morph into with like a wide receiver or whatnot. Right. And let's talk about the unit that's going to be protecting the prize possession in Bryce Young. I think this O-line is thought of as an above average unit. Personally, I think they're just okay. I think they're a middle of the pack unit. They look bad in preseason. The, the offensive line was struggling. That big was time. a big note yeah. I had. Taylor Moton is the best of the bunch at right tackle. He really excels in pass blocking, kind of a middle-of-the-pack run blocker. And right guard Austin Corbett is really good as well, but he's on the pop. So that kind of he, – he was their whole run game, Austin Corbett, to the right side. He's a really, really big piece of that run game. I'm really worried about this line without him. I think it's a bigger oh, loss than people think. I like a Chandler Zavala. If you read he's my, a f- he's a fourth round <laughs> rookie. Fourth, so if you read, I I did a story before the draft on ten underrated prospects that can start day one, and Chandler Zavala was high on my list. Fourth round rookie of NC State. He played beside Ikemakwanu as well um, during his time there at NC State. They're on the same team. I think Zavala is going to be a solid starter again. Fourth round rookie. We'll see how he does week one. And and so and like at the beginning of the year, but I think he's he's the talented guy. Again, I, you'd rather have Austin Corbett there, but yeah, the left guard position, Brady Christensen, he's below average, and the center Bradley Bozeman, I'd say he's below average as well. Iki Aquanu is really the guy that can take this line to the next level. He was inconsistent as a rookie, had his good game. Inconsistent games. is like uh, to being nice. Yeah, he was below average. He wasn't very good in his rookie season. I'm worried about him. You honest. are okay. I, am. I think Eki Aquanu needs to play good this year and prove himself because I thought he was going to be number one overall pick. You thought he was a safe. I thought he was get. the safest pick, and I'm, I'm I've been wrong so far. Again, it's he's young, but yeah. you're you're in charge of blo- of blocking the future's blind side now, right? As a second year pro, so he's got to step up. He's the guy that can take this line from I think average to above average. But again, if he's below average, this might become a below average line. So we'll see there and. What I'm actually even more worried about for Bryce Young, he does not have an above-average weapon on this offense. Let's look around. Or I should say, he doesn't have an elite weapon. Yeah, like Miles Sanders is an average running back. Um, you get kind of get what you get with him. He, I think his stats were inflated because he was an eagle last year. A hundred percent. Again, I like Miles Sanders. He was fine in Philly. I would have taken him again that sec- in the second-round pick, but... I think the Eagles needed to move on, and I actually think the running back room is upgraded into Philly without Miles Sanders. So that's how I feel like he's fine. He's fine. They paid him a quite a bit of dough, though. Like he, yeah. he actually got the biggest. Did he get the biggest running back contract this offseason? I think. 
I'm going to assume. He signed that three-year deal. Like, he was signed long-term. He got guaranteed dough. Yeah. At wide receiver, you got DJ Chark, who's dealing with a hammy in camp. Adam Thielen was brought in. Adam (laughs) Thielen was 90th in yards per route run last year, and he was 69th in separation. That was always against single coverage with Justin Jefferson on the other side. I think... You hate ex- Thielen, I right? think expecting Adam Thielen to produce anything this season hey, is... He, he got a touchdown last nuts. night, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Woo! I was just joking. I, again, I I think he's a fine, like, maybe a juiced-up number three a little bit. Like, he's basically slotted in as a number one wide receiver right now. Right. And rookie Jonathan Mingo, he's as like fast as they come. I, I think, think you're going to see a, a lot of Mingo and LaVisca Chenault on screen passes... Stuff like right. that. They're Terrace gonna try to get Marshall's the ball. Marshall's still kicking around. He's Is out, he gonna take he's out for the year, right? I think he he left. He got carded oh, did off. He get carded off. Yeah, I could. I let me double check on that, but I think he might be done for the year. Oh no, that, I feel bad for the kid there. <laughs> but uh, DJ Chark's dealing with a hammy. He's kind of another guy too. If he's not on the field, I really think this wide receiver room is thin. Hayden Hurst was brought in at tight end. If you look at Hurst over his career, he's played with. Lamar Jackson, Matt Ryan, and Joe Burrow. And in those years, he's produced one above average season. That was last year with Joe Burrow. So, I mean, what Hayden Hurst are you getting the first four years of his career or last year? I'm banking on he was a product of Joe Burrow, and you're just going to revert back to his first four years of his career. But I just overall, I, I really think that this, the weapons really lower the ceiling of this offense. But you got to remember, Last year, they had bottom five quarterback play in the season. They were the 27th ranked DVOA offense. If they get a better quarterback play, I do think this offense can improve, mm-hmm. but the lack of talent really caps this ceiling, so I don't think this is going to be an above-average so unit. Quickly on Terrace Marshall, he, he's not out for the year. My apologies. He was carted off, but it looks like it's a back injury that he will recover, and it looks like he could play in week one. So All right. he's going to be around. Well, yeah, so that's the Carolina offense. I, I think I'm really curious to see what the offense look like with Reich. Like, are they going to go back to kind of a lot of mesh, like like a lot of man beaters? Um, they they love those concepts going back to the Doug Peterson era. Like, they don't have the guys on the roster to kind of play up man-to-man coverage. Like, they're going to have to scheme things open. Like, I, like just going back to what I said earlier, I really think you're going to see a lot of screen passes like LaVisca Chanel, John Mingo, get the ball in these big bodies, big body receivers' hands and kind of let them work. I think the offense has a chance to be like top 13, top 14, depending on how Bryce Young plays, but it's a huge if. Like Bryce Young has the ball, um, and the offensive line has to stay healthy. Yeah, the weapons are kind of just a little bit, little to be desired here. Mingo's a rookie, right? Terrace Marshall's still young. Bryce Young's very young. It's a lot of lot of youth on this team, man. They're youth. starting fresh, and you know what? Good for them. They kind of, I don't want to say... See, they, they weren't a disaster like Urban Meyer in Jacksonville, but there's a little bit of some similar similarities to them a little bit. Like, uh, who was the head coach there? Who just got, who just took the head coach in Nebraska? Who was, uh, oh, from Baylor. Yeah. Guy spit on himself. Why am I blanking <laughs> on Matt Rule? Matt Rule, Rule. yeah, Matt Rule. Yeah, Rule. Yeah. It's completely went into space there. Yeah, Matt Rule was awful. Like this was a yeah. it's been a poorly run franchise. I think Reich brings some stability. I think you I'm higher, a little higher on Reich than you are as a head coach. I still think he's got it. He's diff like rules like was a hard nosed college coach. Like he yelling thought, at your players, think he's the general, right? Reich is you went to the complete opposite spectrum with Frank Reich. Yeah, that's true. And, and 
I I'm not crazy about Frank Reich, but he's 100% upgrade over that. Matt Rule tried the my system. It doesn't. The players don't matter. Yeah. We just got to run my system. Turns there out sto- talent matters. Yeah, there were stories where like apparently Rule was like keeping the players until like 11 p.m. like every night, like in the building, like, and like <laughs> you can't be, them you gotta get these guys lives. out of the house. Like yeah, let them go live their lives a little bit. Let's look at the defense now. Um, they really regressed last year to 25th overall DVOA wise. Um, but their offensive struggles led to this defense spending more time on the field than any defense in the league. Interesting. That's a tough stat to overcome. Believe it or not, you don't want your defense on yeah. the field. That actually kind of makes sense how bad the, the quarterback play was in the yeah. offense. So the, the stats match up. Um, the schedule of opposing offenses gets a lot easier um, than last season as well. Um, Ajiro Evero is brought over from Denver. Did I Ito, say that? I know it's Ito, a hero. Okay, so it's that. Evero, you got right, the last name. The first name I'm... Evero was brought over yeah. from Denver. He <laughs> we'll ran a good last system last year Um, over in Denver, yeah, a top a 10 unit. Very underrated coach, very solid young coach. I could see him being a head coach in the next couple of years. Right 100%. on. This is a contract year for Brian Burns. Um, 40 sacks in the last four seasons. He can uh, he can put a big, big stack of cash in his pocket this Offseason with a me good some year. Brian Burns. Love me some Brian Burns. I think he's gonna ball this year. I think he's, he's like I like I said last year I was gonna take over defensive player of the year. I'm gonna sprinkle maybe a little bit this year. Yeah, Again, this year's I'm the going extra back to the well. motivation yeah. for sure. Um on the interior of that line, Derek Brown really took a step last year. He became a force from the inside. Um that was good to see. They signed Justin Houston. He's probably gonna be a rotational pass rusher. I mean, guy just every year produces, mm-hmm. so I I'm not going to – I'm banking on – you can look at seven, eight sacks there from Justin Houston. He gets it done year after year. Uh, they brought in Shy Tuttle as a free agent on the nose tackle. Um, Deshaun Williams going to be rushing a bit on the 3-4. Uh, Yeter Gross-Matos still kicking out. Gross-Matos is really struggling. He yeah, might he's not make step the up. team, or he's yeah. probably going to make the team, but – I saw him playing in the second quarter yesterday, the Panthers game preseason. I don't know if he played farther into it, but, yeah, he's been a disappointment – can we talk about my boy Frankie Louvu? Frankie Louvu and Frankie Shaq Luvu. Thompson. Yeah, they're a, the, they're the linebacker linebackers. Run. They really, really excelled in run support. They were both top 10 linebackers at run support, but they both really struggled in coverage last year. So I think uh, with this system that Evero's running, those linebackers are going to be asked to do a lot more covering. Mm-hmm. Let's see how they fit into the system. I'm a little bit concerned about the linebackers, to be honest. Oh, I love Frankie Louvre, man. I think he's awesome. Yeah, but he was allowed last year to really play downhill, be a run-stuffing linebacker. In Evero's system, he's running the too-high shell. He's going to be asked to do a lot more coverage. True. Frankie's got it. He can handle it. He can handle it, Frankie. The secondary has a lot of talent. Yeah. And J.C. Horn is the blue chipper out there. He's an elite corner when he's on the field. Got to stay healthy. He really is what makes this defense go. Breakout candidate, man. I think so. Could be an all-pro this year. Could be. Dante Jackson's going to be on the other side from him. Jeremy Chin is, I believe, moving. Is he going to be like a li- box gonna, linebacker, yeah. a little bit of nickel? Like little a rover, of, kind of. Yeah, he's going to play all The NFL's over. going into like these rover systems where you kind of just have a hybrid linebacker safety nickel corner type of player. Yeah, that's what Jeremy Chin is. He's athletic. He's kind of been a boomer bust player, I think. He kind of he makes some big plays, can give up a couple big plays, kind of looking for more consistency from him overall, but when he's on, he's good. And 
they're moving him. I, I don't think he's going to play traditional safety because they have two really good safeties in Vaughn Bell. They bring him over from Cincinnati and Xavier Woods. They brought him over from Minnesota. So I think that's a solid, solid safety duo. This, this secondary overall, I think, is really above average. Combine that with a good pass rush from Burns, Houston, and Derek Brown. I There's no way this defense is going to finish 25th, 25th no. again. This is going to be a top 20 at least defense. I like I think this like that's the that's the Babsu floor. I think this defense is pretty solid. I think this chance they have a chance to be a top 10 team. The only on way defense. it doesn't is if ever the scheme is a completely different scheme. The only way this defense falls flat if it's just a, if there's too much talent and like yeah. they don't play a ton of good quarterbacks in this division, right? No, the schedule twice. is really easy. Yeah. The Souths are playing each other. So yep. the NFC South plays the AFC South. Oh, it's going to be some bad games. Yeah, oh, but it's going to be a, all these teams we're talking about today. Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans. Like they all, they get some, e- they, yep. they get an easy schedule. It's it, a huge difference. That with Carolina, where do you think they finish in this division? I have them finishing third in I the agree. division and missing yeah. the playoffs. And I mean, yeah. I'm going to be, as a Bears fan, gonna be rooting, rooting against them, against them yeah. every week. It but. makes the season funner rooting against a team for a draft pick. For sure. I swear to God, it does. Like, I, all last year, it made the season fun rooting against uh, the New Orleans Saints. Right on. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're being agreeing with Carolina third place. So I'm going to kick us off with the Atlanta Falcons on my end here. I think one of the most interesting teams in the NFL this season, uh, they're, especially their offense, which we'll dive into before we do that. Kind of give you a baseline here. Arthur Smith is heading into his third year as head coach in Atlanta Falcons. Um, I think it's time to win now, Warren. What'd you say? Yeah, well, it's time. Now he's finally he's coaching with no handcuffs this year. I mean, last season the Falcons forty two percent of their cap was dead cap. They were thirty second in cap spending in twenty twenty one. They were thirty first in cap spending last year. Barely over the Bears. Like it wasn't like yeah, the Bears were a tear down fest, and the Falcons were right there with them. Matt Ryan accounted for the biggest dead cap hit in NFL history last season. They're only 9% of their cap is dead cap this year. So this is yeah. Arthur Smith's really first time coaching with they a went f- for full yep. full roster. They went 31st at cap spending to 8th this year. Yeah. So they nice. they're they're spending money now. Their their vision is there and they want to go get it. So Marcus Mariota is out at quarterback. Desmond Ritter in. I just want to kind of give you guys a little little refresher how bad Marcus Mariota was last year. Uh, he was third in off-target throws uh, in the entire NFL. 52 quarterbacks played 100 snaps last year. Mariota finished 50th in expected completion percentage. Like, we're talking one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL last year. He was he couldn't hit a – he couldn't hit a, he might, couldn't he hit might, a receiver, wide open receiver. He might not make the Phillies. Or, I mean, the, the he's Eagles going to make it just because of the money. Um, they paid him $5 million in guaranteed dough, so he's going to be on the roster. But I don't – I wouldn't give guarantees the backup. Like he might be yeah. a third string. I think I was that signing's looking not too hot right now. Again, we have to see what he looks like if he does play. Hopefully, he doesn't have to play. But yeah, not looking too hot there. But um, yeah, he was the the Falcons couldn't run their offense properly. Like they, Arthur Smith couldn't do the things that he wanted to. do. They were a run heavy team, just throw it deep. That's all they did. And Marcus Mariota led the league in yards per attempt last year. Which is not always a great thing. Like you, you don't. Well, you want to mix in some deep throws with some like underneath stuff. But they were just an all-in, run the ball and throw it deep. They were playing a different game of football. Like this is not how you're supposed to run the offense. But they had no choice with Marcus Mariota. So 
Um, and comes Desmond Ritter. So out of those 52 quarterbacks who played 100 snaps last year, Ritter finished 24th in expected completion percentage. So he's about middle of the pack. And I was kind of impressed with Ritter's improvement from game to game last year. His passer rating improved from every single game. So he only played four starts, but every single one, he got better. Where he got to 105.1 passer rating in his final contest. So not bad. Like like to see that from the kid. Um, and what I really liked, he was also really good under pressure. Um, he had a 76.7 passing grade under pressure last year, which would have been 11th out of all quarterbacks, according to PFF. 76.6 yards per attempt and a 64% completion percentage. So not bad, Warnsey. No, I I mean, he's a Cincinnati guy, so yeah. I'm always going to be in Ritter's corner. Um, I think it's tough to give a third-round rookie or third-round second year kind of the keys to the car. Um, again, in his second season, his sophomore year, he's, I, I'm guaranteeing he's better than Mario. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, yeah. no doubt. <laughs> like it's an upgrade. It's just how big of an upgrade right. are we going to get here? And another thing I like too, from 10 to 19 yards, he played really well, 73.2 passing grade, which were ranked 17th. I know it's not that high, but Hey, that's above average quarterback. So I think he's got something. He's got an arm. He can swing the ball deep. He's got all the tools. I think he's got, he's a lot smarter than Mariota. So I think there's a lot to be kind of excited here for. And, the most exciting part of this team is what's around him, especially in the offensive line. They have oh, a yeah. top five offensive line in the NFL from um, like across the board here. Like Jake Matthews, Drew, uh, Chris Lidstrom, Caleb McGarry are all studs. Um, I think this is as good as an offensive line as you can get. In the are NFL. you going to mention our favorite draft? Oh, pick, Matthew Bergeron, the baby. Canadian? Former guest on the show, Double Dunk Podcast. How could I forget Matthew Bergeron? Yeah, he's going to he's so, going to take that job. He's going to he's going to yeah. play left guard for this team. Last year, teams knew the Falcons were going to run the ball. They still had the third-ranked DVOA offense. Now you're adding Bijan and Matthew Bergeron into that. I'm, I'm so thrilled to see what this run game can be. Bergeron's a beast. Say what you want about Bijan Robinson. I know most a lot of people are chirping that they drafted a running back eighth overall, which I was kind of one of them chirping, but. Immediately, you're getting Bijan into this offense. That's got to be exciting. They were fourth in EPA per rush last season. They were one of the most efficient run games in the NFL. And like you said, you drop Bijan into this offense. I can't wait to watch him play. And especially once I get him on my fantasy team tomorrow. Yeah. Are you going to take him if, if, if Chubb's gone? I haven't gotten that far in my prep. I'm so You're lazy. behind in prep? No, because I figure if, if I don't get Chubb, that means I should get Tyreek Hill. Okay. That's fair. I, I think. I don't think Jad's going to take a buddy in front of me. I want B. John Robinson on my fantasy team. Oh, I think I, he's going to, like, you don't take a, a running back in the first, like, in the top eight and not be a bell cow guy and play three downs. Right. He's going to. And that doesn't mean that Tyler Algier and Cordell Patterson are not going to play. Like, I think this yeah. team is going to completely reinvent the way we look at personnel groups here. Like, they're going right. to run three running back sets. They're going to run, like, Drake London as a tight end here. Kyle yeah. Pitts on the outside. Like, they remember, are – it's a. It's like they have, like, seven centers. Uh, like, they have five centers. And, like, a, if you look at, like, a basketball lineup, they just have a bunch of big boys. Yeah, and like like you mentioned, Cordero Patterson's a big guy. Remember, he's a converted wide receiver. He can play some slot. Exactly, he can yeah. get some jet sweeps going with this run game. Like, Arthur Smith really – when his offense is having success, it's when they're establishing the run and he can mix in the play action. Play action, that should be Desmond Ritter's best friend yes. this season. I'm excited about this offense yeah, I overall. Think I, I could be crazy here, but I think this is a top five ceiling offense if everything wow. hits. If everything hits. Like, that's the that's best case big, scenario. Big, big ceiling for yeah. Ritter. But, like, I don't think that's the most likely outcome. I do think the most likely outcome is they're probably in that 9 to 14 range. 
But like I just the, the weapons around him is so solid. Like Patterson, uh, Tyler Algier, or Mac Collins. Drake London was really good last year and efficient. Now he gets an uptick in targets. Like that's a fantasy sleeper I've got my eye on. I've already put For him in my sure. list because just nobody, was, he was nobody. Already, I heard nobody was happier about the Marriott benching than Kyle Pitts. 100 percent. From what I from what I understood, yeah. Like London is the number one receiver on this team, and now the production of passing goes up. Right, they're gonna have a better passer. Like it's just he's like a guy that just screams value in fantasy, but. I, all all across the board, I really like this Falcons offense. It's obviously going to come down to Desmond Ritter, and we'll see how it, see how it works there. But I, I think this is one of the most exciting teams and a team that I'm going to be tuning into every single weekend and making seeing what they're doing. Can't wait to look at like their efficiency stats after. I, I, I think Arthur Smith is a really smart offensive mind. But how is he as a head coach? Like How is he going to lead this team? We do not know, but I think he's one of the smartest offensive minds in football, and I think he's got his dues. Like, I think this is the offense that he wants to build. Yeah, I mean, wow, I'm just looking at it now. They were 13th overall in DVOA yeah, offense last year. Offense. So same, I guess, yeah, with improved quarterback play, like top 10 is not out of the question. I guess top five is not as crazy as I originally thought. Do you remember that game when they ran 27 straight times to end they up the game? They couldn't throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, like they, they were so handicapped and so hand, handcuffed, sorry, at, on, a, on the quarterback position. I'm not sure where they couldn't run what they wanted to do, and I think Ritter completely takes that out of the bag. So, yeah, I, I think the ceiling's top five. But I don't think it's the most likely outcome. But this offense is going to be like sparks, like fireworks. And I'm really excited for it. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, I have a this, lot more question marks here. But this is where they went with the money, money, yes. money, money, money. So this defense was bad last year, like actively bad. They were mm. 29th in EPA per play on defense. Um, 30th in DVOA. Yeah. Football Outsiders wasn't working for me. I couldn't get DVOA stats. Oh, it's working now. I yeah, got it. Right I, I here. still can't get it working. But I, so I referred to EPA for most of the athletic stats um, here. But I. Um, I, I I'm not I'm I'm not excited about this defense. I think there's talent there, but I I do think I'm excited about it. Uh, well, let me so I'll give you some. I'll I'll read cut a little bit from last year. Um, they were they were with uh, Dean Pease was the head uh, the defensive coordinator there for the last couple of years when Arthur Smith got hired. He was an older guy. I don't even think he ended up finishing the season there last year. He got hurt. Didn't he get hit by a ball or something on the sidelines and he had to get hospitalized? Really? Yeah, like he, I, I don't even think he ended up finishing the season there. He was in his, he was in his uh, early 70s, so he's now out. Now, Ryan Nielsen comes in. He's an interesting cat um, from the Saints. He's been the defensive line coach under um, Dennis Allen in New Orleans for the last few years. Been in that Saints system. Saints have been one of the best defensive uh, teams over the last five, six years, so I think he's a solid hire. We'll see if he kind of brings over the Saints system there. Um, so I think that's interesting, but... Uh, but they were you, dead. You just, so yeah, you just said his specialty is defensive line. Yeah, they were. I was just had that stat. They're dead last in pressure rate last year. They were. Okay. Let me let me give you the sack stats from the last three <laughs> years for Atlanta Falcons. The last three years in 2020, they had 29 sacks, which was 20. I think it was 25th. Could be wrong. 25th, 26th area. 2021, 17 sacks in 2021, dead last. 2022, 21 sacks, the second least behind the Bears. If you combine that up, they had 67 sacks over the Eagles last three seasons. The Philadelphia Eagles had 70 sacks last year. They had more sacks than the Eagles last year than the Falcons have in the last three years. Oh combined, combined Warner. So, but they this they spent some money. Yeah, on the so line, let's get to I'm some excited yeah, about so it. So let's get some of the additions here. So they they went kind of they went kind of crazy here. Um, fixing up the defense. So some of the additions they had they had Clayus uh, Campbell, who's one a of veteran favorite. Yeah, one of my favorite players, like non-Eagles of all time. Basically, I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Bud Dupree they paid, who's a solid pass rusher. Jesse Bates is a safety who 
who was playing like a deep safety role in Cincinnati last year. I don't think it fit him. I think he's more of kind of a closer to the line kind of guy. Not like a box safety, but he was kind of a single high deep safety. I think he fits better in his Saints system. David Onyemata is another addition. And they're really going to rely on Jeff Okuda to, to hold down that cornerback spot across from AJ Terrell. If they can they get a really low if, on him. Yeah, if they can get a nice bounce back season from Terrell, then be like an all-pro again. Like he was a first team all-pro, I think in 2021, correct? Or 2020? No, it was this he had two mediocre seasons. Uh, all pro best corner in league season, and then a mediocre season. Yeah, like he was, he fell off a little bit last year, but he was, he's only 24 years old, still really young. He was a first round pick. Um, yeah, he's second team all pro in 2021. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is if you can get like a nice second team all pro season from Terrell again, and then you can kind of take some of uh, the pressure off of Kuda. I think that works now. Again, the pass rush, like you, you mentioned the guys there, but I'm still worried about the pass rush. I don't see a ton of juice like Grady Jarrett's. Obviously, he's getting up there in age, though, but he's pretty solid. The guy that's really, like I was digging into some stats, is Arnold Ebiketti. Um He's the guy that Twitter's blowing yeah, up. Yeah, so he was a second-round pick last year. Um, he was a more of a pro- like a project pass rusher. He wasn't expected to do much last year, but you take a look at his last. They basically like didn't trust him um, in the last four games. He had a 303 pass rush snaps last year, only three sacks and 16 hurries. That's not a good efficiency mark. He didn't have a PFF grade above 54.5 in the last four games last year. So he really kind of fell off a cliff. Um, and he, I guess the Falcons just didn't trust him. So he's going to have to be better. Like he's a guy what that, I've heard in camp. He's like blowing up camp. Yeah, he's an athletic freak. Like he's yeah. come, at a Penn State. He was really athletic. He, he's got all the tools. Yeah, we'll see he, if he can make, a, uh, make himself in the league. I like that their depth guys are young guys like him and third round rookie Zach Harrison. I mean, they got young guys behind veterans yeah. i just i like the way that their team is built right now and i think that they're they're going in the right direction yeah. i guarantee they're not going to be dead last in pressure rate again no. just from the guys they brought in grady jarrett last year faced the most double teams of any defensive he was the tackle. only player that, exactly. you, that you focus on so maybe finally yeah. you you could see more out of grady jarrett getting some single matchups and a better pass rush is really going to help the secondary. Yep. If you're dead last in pressure rate, it's a lot. It's a lot harder to cover for five seconds than three <laughs> seconds. Like the sack totals are outrageous. Like yeah. to have 38 total sacks in the last two years is atrocious. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Um, I also really like Troy Anderson, their second year linebacker, who's going to be the green dot guy on the defense. Athletic freak. He played quarterback and running back at Montana State. So like he's like. A transfer over athlete. from the offensive line, a freak athlete. So he apparently he's looking really good in camp, and he's getting more of an understanding of the defense. So I think they've got. I think this team is really exciting. Like I think it's one of the most interesting teams in the NFL this season. I think I'm going to watch. And Warnsey, I'm taking them to win the NFC South. I'm right with you, man. I've already bet it plus two twenty for the Falcons to win the South. I'm there with you. I'm excited about this team. I'm. Ex- I think Arthur Smith proves why he's uh, one of the better coaches in the league this year. If he if he gets this team over the hump and wins the South, he'll he'll be a candidate for, for coach, coach of the Year. Yeah, that's the one yeah. I was going to kind of finish here. I haven't seen Coach of the Year odds yet. I couldn't find them on FanDuel when I was doing my uh, – actually, no, their season awards stat. My apologies. Where is he at Coach of the Year? He's the second highest at plus 1,400. Ooh, that's not bad, actually. Ooh. That's that kind of caught my eye there, Arthur Smith, buddy. Um, I, uh, I'm i not like – I don't love it. Like I, I, I do think they're – like it's probably the least favorite of my division picks I'm going to make. I do think there's a lot of flaws here. Like, again, Desmond Ritter could flop. The defense, like, we already went over some issues there. Uh, 
but I do like them more than the New Orleans Saints. I think the Saints are going to be close, which Eric will get into next. But um, fun team, fun team. I think I think they can win this division at ten and seven. I don't see. Mm. I think it's a very like like a, a solid outcome for them. Yeah, I don't think they're going to make a Super Bowl run per se. Um, like I think if whoever they play in the wild card round could be one of those teams from the NFC East that doesn't make it, like a Dallas or a Philly. Um, so I, I think it's going to be tough tough sledding in the playoffs if they do make it. But fun, exciting team. Falcons fans should be excited for the future. Yeah, and I'm going to talk about the Saints now. I I bet Falcons plus 220 to win the division. The Saints are the favorite at plus 110. That's just kind of a – that's just an odds bet in my opinion. Like I I like the Saints too. I'm yeah. going to get into them right now. I, I'm I'm positive about but the Saints. Do one I more think thing on the Falcons is they're like the, the media darling team this year. Like we're not the only ones yeah, high on them. It's true. You know what I mean? It's like they were kind of like the Chargers from two years ago. Right. Like they're getting a shit ton of hype. So I'm a little. That's why I'm kind of like pulling back. Know, you know what I mean? I do, like, yeah. I, like so. Because let's talk about the Saints. Because yeah. this is a damn good football team, uh, I think as well. Um, last season overall, their DVOA wise, they were 19th. They were 22nd on offense. That's what kind of held them back because they were top 10 defense last year, eighth overall. It's Dennis Allen coming back, and what do you think about Dennis Allen? He's 15 and 38 now in his coaching career. I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of the of the Dennis Allen. I don't know what to make of the like the way that the Saints just do business. Right. Like they they're, just, they're, they're, they've kicked the can down the road again. Yeah. And they've actually added more cans on top of the original can. You're right. <laughs> again, it could work. We'll this get it, but like this is an aging team. Yes. They're, they're, this is a, they were the oldest veterans. team in the NFL last year, and they didn't really make money moves. Yeah. There, uh, there are a lot of veterans around. They brought in Derek Carr at quarterback. I guess he's an upgrade on Andy Dalton. I Jameis Winston is still the backup. It's still is confusing That's to me. Jameis Winston. Still kicking around in New Orleans. Good for him, man. Good for Jameis. Yeah, like Derek Carr last year was twenty third in EPA per play. Yeah, I Andy Dalton was twentieth for. So if you're going by EPA per play. Carr is not an upgrade on Dalton, but I think the eye test, you would say. Dalton Carr, looked okay down the stretch for New Orleans last year. Like, he wasn't terrible. Um, again, I think Carr is probably a better quarterback, but like it wasn't like Dalton was a slouch for this offense. Right. They retained Pete Carmichael at offensive coordinator. He spent six seasons under Sean Payton, and last year was his first shot at offensive coordinator calling the plays. The offense just did not translate under Pete Carmichael. It was at times it was a tough watch. Carr got in great shape. That's kind of what the Saints are selling. What? Hold on. What? Have you seen like these pictures of Derek Carr looking jacked no. out of his mind? So yeah, apparently Derek Carr like lost like ten pounds of like bad weight. Is like <laughs> in the best shape of his life, and jacked like out of his fans, mind. Saints reporters and people are hyping this up. Yeah, but like it's noticeable. Like okay. it's noticeable that he's in better shape and he he put on muscle. So we'll see how that translates to his game. Um, at wide receiver, Chris Olave was forty one percent of the Saints' air yards last year. Oh shit! That was the highest in the league of any player. He's he, a sneaky fantasy guy this year that I really like. Um. He's a good player, man. He's a, just a solid, solid receiver. He could be special. Yeah. He's the guy that can take that step into the... He can do it all. He can go deep. He can run those intermediate routes. He can take the short routes. He's, just a, he's a quarterback's receiver. That's right. Mm -hmm. Rashid Shahid is the yeah. speed guy. He ran a 4-3-40. He 
He's got wheels. He's going to stretch the field. He will be bet anytime touching on week one for me. I've already decided. Yeah, you're you know, Shahid, I'm sold. Yeah. I think Shahid's a baller. I think he's going to have a good year. He's, he's a legit deep threat. Right on. Michael Thomas has played 10 games in the last three years. From what I've heard in Twitter circles, he was really struggling against press coverage in the practices against the Chargers. When he wasn't getting pressed, he looked damn good. We'll see how, if he can adapt Slant to that. Slant Boy's back, Warren Z. Slant Boy is back. <laughs> One of my favorite NFL nicknames of all time. Ten games in the last three years. How long is he back Christ, for? man. And what did he have? He had like 160 catches the or something crazy that he one year. He led the league in yards, didn't he? And catches? Yeah. Or is that he, had like, he had 1,700 yards. I know that. But he had like an insane, insane amount of receptions that one year as well. Yeah, he's... uh went, But again, that was... He's 30. 149 catches for 1,700 yards in 2019. That's insane. That was 2019, yeah, though. I know. It's, that it's was 2023. Years ago. It's fun. I, I, you for, I completely he's, forgot about it. He's like, I think he's getting way overdrafted in fantasy. I wouldn't touch. I Can he be a nice number three or a complimentary yeah. piece to this offense? Yes, I wouldn't trust him in fantasy. He's still you got six round rookie AT Perry looking to make the team. I liked an AT Perry. Uh, um, I think he's got. I was Wake Forest. Wake Forest product. Kind of surprised he fell to the sixth round. To be honest. Yeah, I I had him going a lot higher in the draft. Something something wasn't clicking with all the other something teams. Something to watch out uh, for there. Uh, Juwan Johnson and Foster Moreau is a nice tight end room. I like that. Um, yeah, Juwan Johnson's a breakout can as well. He. He had like a six touchdowns in a row or something to finish the season last year. Uh, he, he's a good player. I, yeah, overall, he's athletic. Overall, I think this is a really good weapon group. Yeah, the weapon group is definitely above average. Alvin Kamara is suspended for yes. three games, only three games. Jamal Williams had 17 touchdowns last year. How many of those were one-yard touchdowns? Uh, too many. He was wild, wildly inefficient last year if you looked at his whole season sample size. Um, they got rookie Condre Miller in that running back room, third rounder. Um, overall, I, I like the room. Kendra Jamal. Miller. Kendra Miller. Yeah. Sorry about TCU, that. TCU, uh, TCU product. He's, he can play. He, he's got juice. I think the Saints are going to be fine without Kamara. Uh, yeah. yeah. I make fun of Jamal Williams for the one-yard touchdown run, but he's good at one-yard play. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> he has a role, I guess. And he, they paid him a three-year deal. Like, yeah. He's so going to get touches. They believe in that role. Um, this was the seventh most most injured offense last season. Most of that was on the offensive line. They really need this unit to stay healthy, but I mean, they're older bodies, so you're you're asking Andres Pete to play left guard again. It hasn't worked three years in a row, but they because they've kicked the can down the road so many times, he's got to be plugged in at guard. Eric McCoy, he's at center. He's a little he's getting up there in age as well. Ryan Ramchek, he's also up there in age, but he's the best of the bunch at right tackle. He's, would you call him an elite right tackle? He's definitely above Ryan average. Ryan Ramchek, 100%. Yeah, he's an elite right tackle. Cesar Ruiz at right guard. He was the first rounder in 2020. I believe the, the I believe the last pick of the first yeah, round. he's been bad. He's been bad. He was an undersized guy. Many guy, people thought center was going to be the only position he could play in the NFL. He didn't work at center. They're trying him at guard. It's not working. Let's see. Trevor Penning was the first rounder last year at left tackle. They traded up to get him. Missed a lot of time last year with injuries. Kind of hard to gauge his rookie season. Let's see what he is this year. But if this unit can stay healthy, they're an above average unit. Problem is they haven't stayed healthy. I'm and surprised you haven't 
Have you know who's behind Ryan Ramchick on the depth chart? No way. I didn't even take Storm it. Norton, buddy. He's your Storm, boy. Storm Norton has moved over to the New Orleans Saints. I, I, I was laughing yesterday. I was going to the depth chart. I was like, I hope Porter catches this. I did not catch yeah. that. Thanks for bringing up Storm Norton. <laughs> Double wow, dog podcast. Really favorite. need these tackles to stay healthy then. Yeah, if Storm baby. Norton's seeing the field. I think the offensive issues. line I think the offensive line could be a problem. Like Trevor Penning was very up and down last year. He's now like gonna be the number one left tackle. They need him to step up. They're, they've got some questions the like, guard, like the guard position. Yeah. Like I think like I think you Trevor Penny's got the talent. He was uh, like a high first round pick and I think he was eighteenth overall, right? So like the, the tackles can work, but I'm not confident in this offense line. I, I think this has a chance to kind of maybe be the downfall of this offense. Right on. Well, last year they were the twenty second ranked yeah. offense. I think plugging in Derek Carr, we mentioned the weapons. I guess I'm gonna point Stock Arrow up. Yep. Better than twenty second. Quick Rashid Raheed Shahid stat. He had seven targets plus twenty yards last year. Six catches for two hundred and eighty four yards and two touchdowns. Holy smokes. <laughs> That's he had a ninety nine point nine PFF grade on twenty plus yards passes. <laughs> this guy's gonna so ball. Yeah, like I'm said, excited for this guy, man. He's gonna ball. Like you said, legit deep threat. Yeah. So yeah, I'll go uptick on this offense to a middle of the pack unit. Yeah, I, I think they're they could be better than middle of the pack. Like I think that's I think their floor is like a, in the mid twenties if ever the offensive line falls apart. But there's no reason this can't be a top twelve offense. I think they've like, we'll see how Derek Carr looks, of course. Um, but mm-hmm. this is the most talent Derek Carr's ever had around him. Like yeah. he never had this type of talent yeah. in Vegas. Let's move over to the defense now. They like I mentioned another year as a top ten unit. They were eighth overall uh, DVOA wise. Cameron Jordan started the year slow last year. He was drafted in 2011. He's still kicking it. He's, uh, I believe, last year. Did he crack the 100 sack club? I don't know if I'm. I think he did. If I remember that or not, but he's one of the most underrated quietly, players of our generation. Quietly could be on his way to Canton. Yep. Um. He's still. He's still getting it done. <laughs> I kind of have a little bit of question marks though around him on the offensive line. We mentioned Onion Mata took the big ticket to move over to. Atlanta. He did a lot of work on the interior for this team, mm-hmm. and they brought in Nathan Shepard from the Jets. And He's double, former guest on the Double Doing Podcast from Ajax. What? Nathan Shepard's Ajax, Ontario, baby. I, I interviewed him on the podcast when he was okay. with the Jets. I am he, uh, he went to Jay Clark. Wow. Yeah, he's from Ajax, Ontario, Nathan Shepard. Nathan Shepard, I'm sorry, but I don't know. <laughs> I blanked on you. So he, I guess we have hope for him because of that yeah. reason. Yeah. Uh, so Nate, Ajax Ontario is from where Eric and I are from, and Nathan Shepard is. I, he's got to be the only Ajax. I don't know another Ajax Ontario that's ever made the NFL. Oh, so, for sure. And like Ajax is what we got a hundred thousand people, maybe if that. Right so there, yeah, it's been impressive. He's a, he was an interesting guy. Really, really good conversation. Back to the defensive line conversation. They lost a ton of snaps in the interior of the line here. Yeah. Katavia yeah. Street played four, over four hundred snaps for this team last year. He's now going to be the sixth defensive tackle on the Eagles. Um, like they yeah. lost, they also lost in your model. Like they, they are kind of redoing the interior of this defensive line. Yeah, it's Nathan Shepard and Kalen Saunders, yeah. and so that's that's kind of my biggest concern is the interior. And of they this drafted line. Brian Breezy in the second round. He was uh, out of Clemson. He was a high pick, right? Uh, so we'll see. He's probably going to be a ton first of play rounder. Time. It says he was. He, was he in the first round? Did he sneak in the first? That's what it says. Okay. Second rounder was Isaiah Folks. Foski. Yeah, okay, yeah. He He's on the time. edge. So they do have some youth in mm. Breesy and Foski on the on this defensive line. Carl Granderson is slated to start on the other side of Cameron Jordan. 
Um, that leaves something to be desired. They all they also lost Marcus Davenport in free agency, mm -hmm. right? So I mean, he this was coming on a little bit. They're, they're banking on Peyton Turner to take a big step. They took him. Was he the end of the first round? Two he years was a ago? first rounder yeah. two years ago. The he was a project. He's though. third on the depth chart yeah. right now. He, he was, was a first rounder. He was a project kind of coming in, but he's a freak athlete, big boy. Um, so we'll see if he can kind of pan right. out. But right. yeah, they're, overall, they're, outside Cameron Jordan, I'm concerned about this pass. Hundred percent. I'm with you. Like I was blown away when I was looking at the defensive tackles. I'm like, who played here last year? Yeah. Like Nathan Shepard wasn't here, and yeah. then I was looking up the snap totals. Like Contavious Street, like. Playing over four and a snaps on Umati. Yeah, that was kind of my big takeaway from this defense. At linebacker, they're running out Pete Werner, Demario Davis, and Zach Bond. I that's an above average. Yeah, Demario Davis is getting up there in age now. We'll see. Still if he getting it done. But yeah, you're right. He's up there now. How yeah. old is Demario he's Davis? Be in his mid thirties now, right? Thirty four. Yeah. Oh, he's and 34. it's weird. Like he felt he kind of was a more of a late bloomer a little bit. Yeah, right? he yeah. was. Zach Bond was the third rounder from 2020. He can take another step. Pete Warner, the second rounder. So they, on paper, this linebacker unit should be really good. They've invested in it. Let's see if they pay, that pays off. Secondary, still led by Marshawn Lattimore, cornerback one. He's still getting it done at a high level. I think Lattimore and Paulson Adipo are probably a top five corner unit in the NFL. Paulson Adipo's a gotta watch this year. He's a young stud. I really, really like him. And pair him with Lattimore. We'll see if Tyra Matthew can kind of. Keep it up. He's getting up there in age two, but this secondary is really solid. Yeah, also yeah. second rounder from last year, Alante Taylor yep. is kicking there. He's gonna so be like he'll probably Bradley be like Ro Bradley Roby in the nickel. Yeah, Taylor plays some plays some nickel. Adipo's a legit outside corner. I really like Paulson Adipo. So, and yeah. like, of course, I like Lattimore as well. But they got some they got some bodies at cornerback at safety. Jonathan Abrams on this team. Jonathan Abrams. <laughs> that guy's just he was tops was around the league last year. Oh, uh, he, I see. Man. He, no, he might not pick. even make the team, yeah, though. That's true. But um, Tyron Matthews still playing safety. He's thirty-one now. Can he keep? Can he keep his play at his level? Uh, Marcus May came over from the Jets last year. If you, I think he just got uh, out of parole. I think he just got charged with something, right? He had a drunk driving incident. Yeah, I think okay. he's he's fine. Like I think they just. But I mean, it's not fine. It was obviously can't drink and drive, of course. But so we'll yeah. go with that. But I think he, I think there was like kind of a case hanging over his head all offseason. Right. That's done now. Well, if, but also if you're looking at the Saints, or I mean, sorry, the Jets moving on from somebody at the safety position, they didn't really they, yeah. they need safeties. I don't. He might be a little bit of a question mark on the field, not only off the field. What do you um, think about this defense as a unit here? Because I'm struggling. I struggled to kind of get a read on this on this defense. My take was I don't think they're going to be top 10 again. Yeah, I And agree. I think it's because of that defensive line. Mm -hmm. I It worries me. This you this team was really, really good against the run last year. It's been one of um, Dennis Allen's strengths as long as he's been a defensive coordinator. They were – or sorry, they were actually 17th against the run last year. Why in my head do I remember them being good against the run Maybe I just think that because it's a good Saints defense. Yeah, I don't they know. They usually are. But I think that I'm worried about that run defense. If they were 17th last year, I think it's going to take a step down. Yeah. I'm not. I'm. Yeah. I, I, I was curious your take if you were going to be behind them again because I think this team is aging on the on this, on this this side of the ball. I, yeah. I could see. Dennis Allen's the coach. Dennis Allen's always had a, a good defense, but I don't know. But I think the defense is like. Would you be surprised if the Falcons have a better defense than the Saints this year? Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. I, Like I said, I 
I think the Saints and Falcons are within a game of each other. I think it's going to come down to the wire for the division, and that's why I took. I think it's a value bet at plus two twenty to get the Falcons because I don't think the Saints are full full dollar ten better yeah. than the Saint or better than the Falcons. I still think this team could make the playoffs even if they don't win the division. Right. Yeah. We're we're starting with that. This is our first NFC division. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to take them. Might make the, <laughs> yeah. make, make the wild card. Yeah. I in the AFC, you need 10 wins to get a wild card. In the yeah. NFC, it might be eight. Boys, I'm trying to count some teams in my head. Like, do I take them to make it? Yeah, I think the I think two teams come out of this division. Okay. Yeah, I like it would be the Saints or Falcons. Like, both yeah. of them. I don't think any of the other teams are making it. Right. But. And I think two both Saints-Falcons come out of this division and make the playoffs. I think neither has more than a 1% chance at the Super Bowl. Okay? Yeah, fair. <laughs> fair. Okay, um, this team's going to be quick. I don't have a lot of Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I really couldn't get a read on this team whatsoever. I wanted to focus kind of on what's happened and what's going on with this team currently. So uh, Tom Brady era is over. Uh, Warnsy, as everyone knows, we got our first NFL season without Tom Brady in a very long time. Um, and enter Baker Mayfield. He wins a job over Kyle Trask. I want to... Just like they have a lot of guys returning back to the team um, from last year. Sorry, breaking news: Las Vegas Raiders agree to a one-year contract uh, with uh, Jacobs, twelve million. Okay, so he's coming back. Josh Jacobs is back for Vegas. Good good eye, good eye there. Thank God that that situation settled for for Vegas. Yeah, (laughs) the running back like only gets twelve million dollars, and he led the league in scrimmage yards. You can't get a long one year. Yeah, the running back thing is insane. Um, actually, so got Rick just, I, is it just um, Pollard left then? No, Pollard signed the, his, the franchise tag. Oh, okay. He signed it immediately. So it's just Taylor. Though. Yeah, it's just Sean and Taylor now. That okay. I think. Uh, and Chris Jones. Yeah, yeah, Chris Jones is holding out. Uh, Nick Bosa is also holding out in, in San Francisco. Really? Yeah, I didn't he hasn't, know that. he hasn't been there. I did not know that. Yeah, maybe you got to rethink your 49ers as a Super Bowl take now. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. They're going to pay him. They're, they're, Nick Bosa mm. will get a contract. Yeah. They're not letting that guy hold out much longer. Um, yeah, good like, box talk. Yeah, <laughs> we should just end it now. I really didn't want it. I should not have swapped the Panthers with the Bucks for you. Yeah, after I you started. want me to talk about the Bucks? No, I got stuff on them. No, I got I got some stuff on them. I just like I didn't really know how to get a read on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, but I want to just talk about kind of how we got here. So they Baker Mayfield, of course, Tom Brady out. Um, they have a lot of guys coming back in who are expensive this season. If you just take a look at their cap, it like. They didn't blow it up. Like, this was a prime hit the fucking red button, and they decided to just... Tom Brady was the only departure here. I don't... You're right, because when you start Baker Mayfield, you're waving a white flag and to the NFL. And they're doing that. And what, exactly. It, it doesn't make sense. Like, take a look at some of their cap hits this year. Like, Shaquille Barrett's making $23.6 million. Chris Godwin has a $27 million cap hit. Carlton Davis has a $20.5 million cap hit. Vita Vey has a $21.23 million cap hit. Ryan Jensen, $17 million cap hit. Russell Gage has a $13 million cap hit. Jamel Dean, they've re-signed and brought back. He has a $14.7 million cap hit. It's insane. Like, yeah. And after that, it falls off a cliff. They have, like... They're built like they're ready to make the playoffs here. And a lot of these guys you could have done something with. Like they weren't that strapped with cash. Like they're basically like be like they're softing out on not blowing it up. It was pretty baffling to me. Um and like the 2024 cap situation warning with this team is, is insane as well. Like they're they they only have twenty seven million dollars in cap space heading into twenty twenty four without a quarterback. So like they don't yeah. have should have. You're right. They should have got they ahead of it. And fire Todd Bowles. I don't get yeah. why Todd Bowles is back here. I think he's a bottom three coach in the league. Um, let's talk about the offense a little bit. Dave Canales is coming in as the OC from uh, from Seattle. Um, 
I'm curious to see how he kind of runs his system. He was a passing coordinator there. He helped really help Gino as well. He was a quarterback's coach as along with the passing coordinator. So we'll see um, kind of how his offense looks. I, I don't really, I don't really have a read on, on kind of uh, what he's going to do with Baker Mayfield. I'm assuming they're going to a lot of like run heavy, a lot of play action, um, try to hit you over the top, maybe on some deep thro- deep shots. But I think you're pretty limited with Baker Mayfield. Um, the old line is declining. Warrensy, this is the old line is kind of what my big worry here from previous seasons. So just Ryan Jensen, the center, is currently out with a knee injury, not on the PUP list. One of the best centers in the NFL. He's dealing with a knee injury, and there's a there's a report from a Bucks blog who's actually been really reliable in the past. JoeBucksFan.com. Randomly, like a Bucks blog, like it's breaking news. They're really they don't have like a reporting team. Like ever since I was uh joined the score and I've done news editing, the the Tampa is the weirdest team to cover and find news on. But apparently his career is in jeopardy. Yeah. And he might not play this year and he might never play again. They didn't do knee surgery in the offseason, so he's probably not even gonna start. They're moving Tristan Wirfs from right tackle over to left tackle. And he's complaining about it already in camp. He apparently he said he's like dealing with anxiety issues over this. And he's one of the best right tackles in football. I don't understand why you just keep him at yeah. right tackle. Why are we doing this? Like yeah. this is a this is like an experiment that doesn't need to happen. Now they did draft my boy Cody Mock. Um, and I loved Cody Mock. He's a baller. He's going to be a really fun off of the lineman to follow. Luke Decky's now the starting right tackle. Um, and Matt Filer's left guard. This is probably the worst offensive line Tampa's had in a while. They've usually been known as a really good offensive line. That's just not there this year. Yeah, you're right. I don't know why you moved. Tr- Tristan Wirtz was arguably. The best right tackle yep. in football. Which I mean, Lane Johnson. Like, Lane yeah. Johnson, uh, just worse. Maybe or, they're missing a couple. But yeah, but... Ryan I mean, Ramchek. Or, I guess, uh, more just valuable because worse is so young mm-hmm. and blossoming. And you're like, that. that is a piece for the next decade right there at right tackle. I don't know why you mess with that. Really unfortunate news about Ryan Jensen. He's as tough as they get. It was such a gruesome injury he suffered a few years ago, and last year really struggled getting on the field. Hmm. It's too bad. I don't know. You're right. This is going to be a bottom this bottom is- of the league unit. <laughs> like the weapons are, are are solid. Like you still got Mike Evans. You still got Chris Godwin. Um, like those, those legit. Uh, like if you ask some people, they may put them in the top seven wide receiver duos in the NFL. Mike Evans is going to turn thirty, but he has so no signs of slowing down. He had a, he had one hundred twenty seven targets last year, yeah. and like he's going to be probably the lead target on this team as well. He's going for his tenth straight season to start his career at one thousand yards. That's insane. That's, like, he's like just slid on the radar. He's only thirty years old too. Like he's still not that old, so he can still play. Godwin's still a nice player. Um, they've been really liking Devin Tompkins at a training camp. He's been kind of all the hype around him. He's going to be the, probably their third wide receiver. They lost Russell Gage to a knee injury, so he's he's not even playing this season. He tore his AC, I think it was his, uh, his ACL and his PCL. I think it was a really gruesome knee injury after getting concussed in the wild card game against Dallas. So tough go for Russell Gage, but overall, like. Baker Mayfield's your quarterback. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, there you go. That's all you needed to say. <laughs> Baker Mayfield had a negative 1.23 EPA per play last year. That's dead last out of 31 quarterbacks who played 320 snaps. He was the least efficient quarterback in football last year. Yeah. You, you'd been better off running a no quarterback system than having Baker Mayfield last year if he's a negative one EPA per play. That's <laughs> and so like the, bad. the next guy was Davis Mills at like negative 1.03. And then it was like Wentz at 0.6. Like Mills and Baker were in their own area code yeah. in the on in EPA. So I'm not high on this offense whatsoever. I don't really see Baker Mayfield in, in this offense having much success. Maybe Baker bounces back. Who knows? He looked okay in preseason. He, he had some he had some flashes. But um, overall, 
I, uh, I'm not high on this Bucks offense. Quickly, I'm going to go through the defense pretty quick here. There's not a lot to talk about. They're bringing basically everyone back. This is a very similar looking defense than it was last year. Now, Todd Bowles is at a top 12 DVOA defense in every single season he's been in Tampa. So this defense has always been consistent. They've always been good. They can always kind of screw around with against the opposing quarterback. They cause trouble. And they've got talent coming back here. Now, there have some young guys that really need to step up on the defensive line. Clyde, you can't see Logan Hall. Joe Tryon, uh, I'm just going to call him Joe Tryon. Joe Tryon, I don't even think. Yeah. A lot of people don't even pronounce the last one. But Joe Tryon's like a, a, a traits guy. He's now within his third year. I think he can take, he's kind of like the young breakout guy you'd look for on this team. Yaya Diaby's a, a guy really liked coming out of college out of Louisville. So maybe he can uh, produce as a rookie. So they've got some exciting young pieces on the defensive line. And then, like, if you got Todd Bowles cooking with, with those guys, you can kind of get them going in stunts and stuff. I could really see... This defensive line uh, taking flight here. And then David uh, De- Devin White, Levante David, Shaq Barrett, Jamal Dean, Carlton Davis, Antoine Whitfield Jr., Ryan Neal are lining They're up all the back, defense. Baby. Ryan Neal was a fun, uh, a really good player in Seattle last year. Seattle cut him due to contract issues. They couldn't agree on a deal. So they basically just released him. And he was one of the better safeties in the NFL last year towards the end of the season. So now he slots in uh, beside Antoine Winfield Jr. I thought that was one of the seals of the offseason. But yeah, like I don't I don't really know. Like it, Todd Bulls does what he does. Um he, he confuses defenses. He likes to get in your head. Um, he caused Jalen Hurts absolute chaos in that 2021 wildcard game. He can screw with young quarterbacks. I just, like, I don't, I think this defense could be 12th or 11th or 10th just because of the youth on the D-line. They're going to have to do, they're going to be buying or banking on a lot of young guys to produce. But um, I think the defense could be feisty, basically, is where I'm going. Yeah, they, they could keep them in games, right? There's just gonna be some like guess. 17, 13 That's games. That's their route to five wins. Yeah, I think they can. Yeah, I think the I think the ceiling on this team is seven and ten. Yeah, ceiling. Yeah, I'm and then they, I think they're gonna be in that five, six, seven win range, but they're gonna be scrappy. Like they're not gonna be blown out in games because they have a, they have got some talent on the defensive side of the ball. Um, overall, Warrens, I think this is the least interesting team in the league. Oh yeah, they're. I hope they don't have many primetime games. Nope. There's. N- it's just not going to be exciting to watch them. Baker, like, the, like we've seen Baker. Yeah. We don't need to see it anymore. And they need to rip the band. They need to go. They need to, like, put into high gear the post-Tom Brady era. They should have done it this year, and I don't know, understand why they didn't because they're basically bringing back a lot of the roster, and it's baffling to me. I Like, the yeah. Cardinals are going to be the worst team in the NFL, but I think they're more interesting just from being so bad than Tampa. Like I have no interest in watching Tampa Bay Buccaneers play football this year. None. Yeah, their over under is five and a half. So I mean, probably lean me over there. Six or seven. Yeah, wins it's I minus one fifty to yeah. the over. Okay, but I mean, still, I, again, I, I don't mind that under. Yeah. I don't know. Well, they still get to play Baker, the AFC South, right? Again, Baker. like right, they have yeah. a very easy schedule. Like, I think they they, they are definitely behind the Texans. Right, right. Like you're you, right. you can beat the, the Titans. Yeah, the like I think they're gonna be in games. So right, Bulls is gonna get Stroud. Uh, Bryce Young twice and Anthony Richardson yeah. this year. That's Bulls could exactly, cook something yeah. up for those young guys. You're right. They're playing Jacksonville Week One, I think. They're playing the Jaguars. Oh, Florida rivalry. Yeah, like they're. I think Jacksonville's gonna be a popular survivor pick team in Week One uh, against the Bucks. I, That's I'd a say trap. Away. I, yeah, a I'd trap. say like the Bucks are gonna like they're gonna be that scrappy, annoying defensive team that they're gonna lose games 17-13 or 14 yeah. stuff like that. Um, but yeah, very, very uninteresting team to finish off the NFC South. Anything else in this division? So I'm going to hold off on picking the Saints to make the playoffs, I think, right now. I, don't, I haven't really figured out my NFC, but I, I got the Falcons winning the division. And by next episode, I'll let you know if the Saints are going to make it. 
Yeah, I got Saints in. Okay. Falcons win the division, Saints in. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Really appreciate it. Make sure to check out our sponsors, BetterHelp and Sweat Taylor. We're going to get these episodes and our video content up on YouTube very shortly. So make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, the Double Doink Podcast. You can find it once you type it on YouTube. Um, make sure to check out our old episodes. Make sure to check out the AFC content. We're already fully done the AFC. We have three more divisions left, and we will talk to you later.